sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody, right here onto the early line. Dane Martinez and my main man, Kevin Walsh, giving you the information you need to make it a profitable day. Kev, let's keep going, looking at these week six games, whether they're on the schedule, off the board, or whatever. We know it's a moving target. We know it's a fluid situation. I got to tell you something that is also a fluid situation. The top of the NFC records, right? There are two teams that I don't think many people thought would be above 500 contenders at this stage of the season and they are facing each other in i believe chicago in week six and it is the chicago bears excuse me in carolina where the chicago bears travel to carolina to take on the panthers the bears are four and one they got nick Foles under center the carolina panthers have reeled off three straight wins after the injury to christian mccaffrey we've been talking about how mike davis is a revelation he may even have a role with this team when McCaffrey returns. We had McCaffrey still out on the graphic with the injuries before. It looks like they are going to give him another week or so, and he could be eligible to return. But, Kev, I'd be cautious with CMC because, honestly, they really haven't missed the beat with Mike Davis. What hmm. do you think about this Carolina Panthers offense, the white glove service of the butler, Teddy Bridgewater, but now facing a Chicago Bears defense that has been above average? Yeah, you know, this game is funny because Carolina has been weirdly good. <laughs> Chicago, look, you know I believe in Foles. And they won a game last week. They had no business winning, but they won it. They won a bunch of games this year. They've had no business winning. They're an outrageous 4-1 football team. But my eye is drawn to one place. You don't always have to bet a side. The mm. total in this game is 43.5. Dane, if I would have told you, no matter the opponent, that this Carolina Panthers team was going to play yeah. the game with a 43.5, it's a blind bet to the over. Now, their defense is playing a little bit better. Bears have a good defense. But I'm going to play this game over 43 and a half. I just am. And hope that both these teams come out looking to move the ball, hit deep shots, Robbie Anderson, Allen Robinson, and, and get over what is a very low total, all things considered. I agree with you. Uh, would you think differently if this game, as I misspoke, if this game was in Chicago and not Carolina? Would you um, be less into the like the over play? Nah, not really. No, okay. I'm fine. I think either either okay. side. I get your point. Um, you know, because maybe if Chicago's home, they can control the tempo a little bit more. Right. Yeah, that's what but. I'm thinking. I'm also starting to think about these southern teams having to go up north. The weather is changing, you know, second wave and all. Yeah, I think ultimately, though, the one thing that gives me a little bit of concern is trying to figure out how good the Carolina offense has been. Like, they've scored under 24 points in two of their three victories. Like, they're playing to unders right now, which is not what was 
anticipated for that football team. I'm just hoping maybe we can hit a bit of a zigzag here in the same way we faded Jacksonville because of the preseason notion around them last week up against Houston. Maybe we just go preseason notion, Carolina, play it over. Listen, I'm not mad at that, Kevin. As we welcome our radio audience from around the country, big shout out to all the affiliates getting on the grid with Dane and Kevin bright and early in the morning. I got to tell you something, Kev, and it's interesting. Carolina spent the money to buy out Matt Rule, right, in the offseason, mm-hmm. right? They spent the money to get Joe Brady, who was coming off the LSU and New Orleans, right, all these offensive savants. And then what do you know? Teddy Bridgewater, who people don't think, didn't think too much of, is playing good in the system. Mike Davis, you insert in the system, and he looks productive. Robbie Anderson, who they go sign, who many people thought was kind of an afterthought, is performing as like a top 10 wide receiver right now. You know, more in Samuel. It makes me believe, Kev, that good coaching and good schemes can turn the perception of players around in a hurry, and so can bad schemes and perceptions. You know what I mean? So talk to me about like talk to me about Matt Rule and Joe Brady as new coaching blood in this division. Like we are somewhat surprised by the Panthers, right? They were on the board to have the worst record in the NFL. I believe they were the third choice in that market, Kev, behind only mm. Jacksonville and Washington. There's a universe. Either the Bears are going to be 5-1 and one, or this team that was the third choice to have the worst record in the NFL without Christian McCaffrey is going to be 4-2. and two. Um, Am I crazy to want to give shine to Rule and Joe Brady and what they may be building in Carolina? No, I swear sometimes you ask if you're crazy for very obvious things. They've won three games in a row. They've looked excellent, right? I will say this is a big question, though, that looms for Carolina. After signing Teddy, before the 2020 draft, it came out well-reported with sources that they had their eyes to the 2021 quarterback class. Your Lawrences, your Fields, your Lances. If this team overperforms, right, not only does that mean that Teddy's been good, but it puts them out of range. They're not in position to get one of those guys. (laughs) To where, you know, has Teddy played this team into a position where he's going to remain the guy regardless? Or is this team married to the idea of drafting a quarterback? One of the little things to watch as the Panther season rolls on. It is, but I think the the butler has proven himself, and maybe Carolina should spend that asset on the other side of the ball. We'll talk more about these games when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell. Coast to coast! The Chiefs are in a situation where they know how good they are, but they don't have a proven veteran in back of rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They'd like an upgrade if they can get it, and guys like Bell don't become available. What Bell's got to make a decision is, is this. Does he like Carver Highset? Go to Miami? You're not going to win. You're not going to the playoffs, most likely. 
Go to Kansas City, you have a chance to get a ring. He's got to make a decision on what's important to him and where the money is. The Sports Grid Network. Game time decisions. Great play calling. I tell you what, like, I, I, we're not hyping this team up as a national championship contender, obviously. So don't misconstrue our comments here, but Coastal Carolina are 4 0 right now. They're 4 0 against the spread. Watching them, Cam, you can just tell, like, they're a football team, right? They're a team you want to be on, Cam. You know what I mean? I agree. They got great chemistry, like, everyone. The Sports Grid Network. In game live. What about Baker Mayfield and his ribs coming up with the big game against the Pittsburgh Steelers? I had a conversation on air with uh, Jim Miller, Sirius XM, and I said, Jim, you've been through all these injuries. You ever uh, see an, a quarterback hang his arm down like Baker did, did from a rib? That's an AC, isn't it? He goes, absolutely. He goes, I've also never seen a quarterback shake his arm out like this for a rib because that would hurt the rib more. So catch the program every single day on the Sports Grid Network. Hey, welcome back in, everybody, right here on the early line, giving you the edge on a football Friday, the spitting statistician and the candle burner, giving you what you need. Kev, I think this is the game of the week. We've got a game of the week in the AFC North, and it does not involve the Baltimore Ravens because the Cleveland Browns are going to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited for this one, Kev. The Steelers are still short favorites here. You and I have both said that the Steelers and the Browns are intriguing in this division. I think we both believe in them. We both like the Browns. I'm a little bit higher on Pittsburgh than you are, but I think we all accept that they're in that, you know, next tier at least there in the AFC. This is a huge game, Kev. Listen, on the side of Cleveland, though, Landry still hasn't practiced. Odell is home with the sniffles, right? Baker says, though, they didn't raise no wusses, but I'm going to tell you something, Kev. I'm not going to go full on with it, but that does put a bullseye for this crazy Steelers pass rush. I like what the Browns do, but they are banged up heading into this one with what I still view as a ferocious Pittsburgh defense. I know you see it a little bit less so when it comes to the Pittsburgh defense, but if Landry and Baker Baker and Odell are compromised and Chubb is nowhere to be seen. I wonder if Stefanski and the Browns will be able to enforce their will the way they have in the last few weeks. So for me, laying three and a half with Pittsburgh, when I kind of prefer this Cleveland team, feels like I would be kind of making a mistake. But Cleveland is so banged up. That yeah, I'm man. not really enticed by grabbing a three and a half either. I go back to the same place I went to yesterday when we had briefly talked about this game. At the time it was 51, it's now moved to 50 and a half. Hmm. This feels like a game, not just an under, this feels like a stone cold under. I might yeah. be so wrong here. Both these teams played the overs last week. But I just think both of these teams might be struggling to move the ball some. Again, the the Browns, if ultimately everybody's out there, they've scored 30 points four straight weeks. The Steelers yeah. with Chase Claypool now is you know clearly emerging as you know one of the top wide receivers in that draft class with you know Big Ben getting in a rhythm more and more. 
ultimately, I don't know if I'll have enough conviction to ever bet a pregame under in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But if I do, this is probably the one. Yeah, and remember, Kev, yesterday I also reminded you that this is a rematch of Miles Garrett swinging helmets, right? Miles Garrett, who is now, in my opinion, one of the front runners for defensive player of the year with the chip on his shoulder. This could be the opportunity. And, you know, I know you love wrestling, Kev, but I'm with you. This one could be an under. This could be one of those good old AFC North slobber knockers, Kev, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I see it. And the yeah. one thing that's worth noting, right? Miles Sanders last week ripped off that big 70 the long run on the draw, yeah. yard rushing touchdown, right? Yep. He didn't even have 100 yards rushing in the game. He had 80 yards rushing. He had a 74-yard rushing touchdown. 70 in one carry, right. So, like, as much as I don't know if this Steelers defense is as good as labeled, the run defense, that feels real. If Cleveland believes that their bread is buttered through the ground game, again, that is one of the things that I've offered, though. They actually seem to come out throwing a bit more, and they like to ice games away running. But here's the thing, and this is where the total might play over, this is something to think about here. If you can't ice games away against Pittsburgh, because you can't run the right. football, that's something to think about there. Now, if Pittsburgh's up, then ultimately there's no icing away anything anyway for Cleveland. But just something to think about that this is probably a difficult team to put to bed in the way most teams prefer to do it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I, I've i seen Cleveland slightly different than you. I think they still try to establish the run, but we will see. And I think that Pittsburgh Steelers defense is going to be focused on Kareem Hunt and try to put this on the arm of Baker Mayfield. An incredible game I'm expecting. Remember to keep your eye out for Landry, Odell, uh, with what whatever the practice reports are today. And if Odell is over the cold that he had, another game that ironically has a lower total. But I'd be more willing to maybe go over in this one. The Denver Broncos go to Gillette to take on the Patriots. We got a lot of returning people in this one on the Patriots side. Gilmore has been cleared. Cam Newton has been cleared. And as we talked about on the other side, the Broncos also are getting their starting quarterback. And also, Kev, after something we reported yesterday, Melvin Gordon got his full complement of first-team reps in practice. So, Dewey notwithstanding, it looks like he may be on the field as well. These teams are getting people back. Even K.J. Hamler may be back, we talked about again, for the Broncos. How do you see this one playing out? I think the Patriots are going to boat race uh, the Denver Broncos. I think they are upset about having to go to Kansas City without their QB1. And I don't like a Bill Belichick upset team. I'm very intrigued to see what Cam does out the gate in this one. So that's the key thing, though, here. We have a couple of returning quarterbacks. Yes. So watching Drew Locke and how he looks is very important. I would lean towards Lane with the Pats. Ultimately, though, I think this is a very Important game for all of us to be watching. This is our first, hopefully only, but odds are, I don't know, case Mm -hmm. of a superstar, specifically a quarterback, coming back from COVID. How does he look? All systems go. We're firing on all cylinders. He's running, right? 
on the goal line, it's still all Cam Newton. Handed the ball off to Damian right. Harris maybe a little bit more. And if that's the case, it could be a little bit more difficult to cover the 9.5. I think this is a game that everyone needs to be paying attention to closely, even if you're just reading post-game articles about how Cam looked. Look, Maybe he looks excellent, rejuvenated, right? Off of a bye, it's been a while, he's ready to roll, okay? But maybe it's just a little bit sloppy. Maybe it's a little bit sluggish. Keep that in mind going into this game. Yeah, fair enough. And remember, this one, depending on where it moves, could be in that range, Kev, where the teaser is an option, right? There may be a way that you could tease the Pats down through two key numbers of seven and three and be able, you know, and be able to, uh, you know, get the Pats at a short number if you think that they're going to get the job done here at least that piece of it so the next game i want to come to is again in the afc the houston texans are traveling to tennessee and you talk about people coming back from covid well this team looked real good coming back from covid on tuesday night the tennessee titans they now host the houston texans i'm going to tell you real simple about this one my thing with the houston texans all season long kev has been that it don't matter if they cannot stop the run remember in the first four games they had elite challenges to stop the run then i was wondering if james robinson could do the darn thing last week against houston but maybe they bowed up for romeo cornell regardless and you were saying oh well maybe robinson is not the level of back that they saw in the first four weeks right with connor the baltimore run game uh dalvin cook edwards hilaire in that game script well now the tennessee titans and derrick henry come to town I know we're going to talk about this on the other side of the break with the other side of the news update, but Kev, I do not know how the Texans slow or stop the Tennessee run game. And you know, I think Tennessee likes to punch teams in the mouth. Yo, Houston, watch out for your mouth. So, poor Josh Norman. Do you subscribe to my theory that we're still throwing three points out there for home field or two and a half at the minimum? Yeah, you and Jay had that see? conversation, and I think it's fascinating. I would love to ask John Sheeran, point blank, our FanDuel director, right? But yes, I lean towards agreeing with you. Because that would suggest these teams are even. One of them is one and four. The other is four and one. This is a line that makes no sense. And I don't want to fall into a trap. Short week for the Titans might be why this number looks the way it does. We might need to be careful on a game that looks too easy. All right, let's talk about that more on the other side of the break. I'm channeling my inner Fetty Wap. It's a trap game. We'll talk about it when we come back after the news update here on Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Right here onto the early line. Dane and Kevin, we, of course, welcome back our radio affiliates from around the country as well. Thanks for getting on the grid where we give you the edge. Kev, I want to ask you something. Before we move to the next game, 
Because you said something that I hear sports investors and analysts say all the time. When you say, like, this line stinks or this line smells fishy to me, what does that mean? Because, like, you know, they hang a line on every game. Like, why are some kind of more concerning than others? What do you mean or what do people mean when they say that line stinks? Does that mean, like... They're maybe trying to generate money on one side purposely that they think is wrong or like trying to trap people. What do you mean when you say a line stinks? Yeah, so I think for people it can mean different things. I think, though, I will look at a line and I will say to myself, oh, this makes no sense. And there's a lot of people then who will blind bet the other side of it. I can't do that. What I need to do is to try and make sense of it all. And it's one of two things. Either the books don't buy the Titans. They believe that that team's first three wins were a whole bunch of whatever, and the Bills game was more situational than to who they truly are as a football team. Slash, maybe they buy the Texans post Bill O'Brien, and they think that this team is about to get right. Or, this is to do with the short week. Tuesday to Sunday is not common in the NFL. That's what the Titans are dealing with. And I will say this. I believe the Titans were very emotionally charged for that game. Right. Very obvious in the post-game comments that they took all this forfeit stuff to heart. And they probably were annoyed that there was Hmm. little to no compassion for a team that dealt with a COVID outbreak. Maybe, though, after getting up, 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 right. down, 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 down. The reason why, I guess, and the best way to try and identify it would be when a number is probably going to be off from most people's power ratings. And mm. I don't think many, if any, will post these teams as equals to f- five weeks into the NFL season going into week six. So... It's a game I'm going to ponder on a lot because I okay. think if it comes to me where I think, you know what, this is just Titans disrespect, it's a bet. It's a bet on Tennessee. Okay. But I think the circumstances around the game are why this isn't five or maybe mm. even six and a half. And then I would just rather stay away from those spots. All right, fair. Uh, I hear you with the concern. For me, also, the fact that it's a division matchup makes it hard for a team to have a letdown, you know, against a division opponent coming into your house. There are some other games we need to discuss, though, Kev, and there's a couple of teams that I think really need to kind of bounce back from their efforts over the last week or the last couple of weeks and and teams that were viewed at least at some point as contenders that need to get back on the good foot and the first team I look to in that situation is playing on Sunday night football this week it is the San Francisco 49ers they are now home dogs we know what's been going on with Jimmy Garoppolo they are getting three points at home against the Rams I know a team that I know that you are high on and it has come to fruition Kev this night Niners team is two and three. Their only mm-hmm. two wins are against the Giants and the Jets. You can talk about anything else, but when they face a different level of competition, including like the Miami Dolphins coming into their house, they get boat race. 
East. What's up with this Rams team now coming in that people are starting to realize may have stuff to play for in the NFC West and in the NFC? Are you willing to lay the three points with the Rams on the road in division? I think this is one of I think it's really the most difficult. I hope it's the most difficult game we see all year. I will say this about the Niners, okay? Their resume is super easy to pick apart. I still don't know who has the best resume in the NFL. The Rams have four wins. The NFC East. That's who they've beat. Literally. Right. They beat the whole They are the NFC East champs. Yeah. So people, like, and everybody's like, that's the worst division football's ever seen. Seven wins wins the whole thing. Do you see what I'm saying here? Like, we continue to piece these things apart. Ultimately, I like the Rams more. The Niners are starting to get healthy. I just... It's another spot, Dane, where if I were to actually be putting the physical dollar down on the side, I think it's a force. Because if the Rams were getting three, I'd be interested. Not laying three with the Rams, though, when this is now six points gone from the prior number. But I, I'm not someone who's just going to say, okay, cool, I beat the number, I got the Niners, let's hope the result is what it needs to be. Because yeah, I don't love this Niners team, and this Niners team is banged up i think what's really going to be fascinating considering this is the sunday nighter and the sunday nighter usually sees some movement as people you know what they look to maybe make good for the rest of their sunday or their feeling right, right, good, right. whatever it might be do we get back up to three and a half or do we get below this three for the first time watch for the hook since it's got here yeah, I think so. We do want to watch that movement, right? This could be a game where you like the hook one way or the other. I will also say this as it relates to the Niners. Everyone's talking about Jimmy G and injury and Raheem Mostert, right? Or like the defensive lineman, Boza and Thomas. One of the points I made last week is they're really banged up in the secondary. They were down four cornerbacks. Some of them may be on the way back, but they were depleted as such that Ryan Fitzpatrick and those receivers could take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. Now the Rams, and you say Goff is playing better, the Rams wideouts and the amount of pass catchers they have, and Sean McVay scheming it up may be able to take advantage of them in a similar way. That's what I'm watching for in this game, because if the Niners secondary is not back to full strength, I believe the Rams will be able to take advantage. Another team that needs to bounce back on some way, Kev, is your Philadelphia Eagles, right? They lost at Pittsburgh, but guess what the division is still in front of them the team in front the dallas cowboys are two and three and just lost their quarterback so bouncing back for them is still live but it is not an easy task at all as they come back home they stay in the state of pennsylvania but it's the baltimore ravens who come calling the eagles are seven and a half point home dogs to lamar and the crew kev i gotta ask you Carson Wentz leads the league with nine interceptions through five games. This Baltimore defense is no joke. What are the Eagles going to look like? I know their O-line is banged up. I know their wide receivers are a match unit. You know, Carson Wentz pulled rabbits out of his hat regularly last year. It hasn't been so this year. What is your thought about these Eagles and their ability to bounce back? Tough spot for them. Well, they are playing... Probably the best defense in football through five weeks. And Wentz's interceptions are not 
you know, it's obviously he has a lot to do with that, but it's a conversation that you and I have had about him doing too much. I just don't, yeah. he has no other choice. When Travis Fulop, when, when, when you have to do a diamonds and fugazis on Travis Fulham, it speaks to the yeah, state of this Eagles receiving core. That's fair. But that's the receiving core going into this game. It might be a game where they really, really struggle to move the football. I will say I am surprised that this isn't six and a half and instead is seven and a half being in mm. Philadelphia. Watch for And the it's moving towards the eight. I can't help but wonder what this line looks like if Jake Elliott makes a 57-yarder, takes the lead in the fourth quarter for Philly, and then they hold serve and win that game against Pittsburgh. Because if that plays out, there's no way this is where this line is. So can you then take something from the fact that Philly went from almost getting an outright upset to being unable to cover the seven and a half point spread due to Chase Claypool's fourth mm. touchdown? Maybe. Or maybe it's just who they are and they're playing a much better football team. It's a spread that I've really, really struggled with. Talk to me about what you see on the other side of the ball, because I think it's intriguing when Fletcher Cox and that run defense and that good rotation of defensive linemen is going to have to see the Baltimore run game. Okay, a Baltimore run game, though, however, and we have started to talk about this, that is utilizing Lamar. A little bit less than last year, right? The stats aren't necessarily there. Remember also last week, he missed two practices with a knee injury, so maybe they're managing that. But Ingram is there, and Edwards is there, and Dobbins is there, and they're utilizing wide receivers like Duvernay in the run game, like many other teams do right now. But I know the Philadelphia front is legit. How do you see that matchup playing out? Because could, and we've talked about this, could Philly be one of the teams who force Baltimore to have to play with their left hand. It's possible. The Ravens have been real weird on offense. Like, they're 4-1. They're one loss to the Chiefs. Yeah. So, you know, no one's pressing panic. But Lamar week one threw for 275. Houston, he threw for 204. He hasn't been over 200 since then. And he's not really had to be. I mean, it would have been nice if he did it against the Chiefs, right? Obviously, that game was he sure. under 100 yards against the Chiefs. Like, it's just right. been a really odd season for a Baltimore team. That The more we watch it unfold, I think instead of the revenge mode, let's prove a point, Ravens, it's uh, this doesn't matter. Because we need to perform in the playoffs. Let's get our wins and we'll move on week by week. Right, because you got to figure Baltimore and most Baltimore fans acknowledge like whatever it is, we got to beat the Chiefs when it comes time to do it. Right, or we got to beat the Titans when it comes time to do it. And we'll see. There's nothing Lamar and the Ravens can prove until then. More games to discuss when we come back here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Welcome back, everybody, right here on to the early line. It is a football Friday as we slide into week six. And, Kev, we got to talk about some teams that, you know, may be completely willing to just fast forward to week 17 because then, like, you know, the tanking for Trevor could happen. The first of these teams I talk about is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They welcome the Detroit Lions in this week. Off of their bye is Detroit getting a little bit healthier. The Jags are home dogs. They're getting three and the hook at home as Detroit comes in for, like, you know, a non-conference game, traveling into Jacksonville. You talked about letdown before. There's so much potential for letdown here, yet the total is 54-and-a-half. How do you see this one playing out, Kev? You know, I don't know if we're really talking enough about how insane the season has been for the Lions. They okay. were up huge on the Bears, right? Yep. 23 to 6. Yep. They lose because Mitch Trubisky, who eventually gets benched, throws three fourth quarter touchdowns on them. DeAndre Swift also dropped one in the end zone that day that would have changed the narrative. They still lost when the they game. came back. Like they still yeah, let yeah, Mitch absolutely. Trubisky throw three three You're touchdowns absolutely in the fourth right. quarter. They, they, they were yes. up 14-3 at the end of the first quarter against the Packers. Yep. They lost 42-21. to They beat the Cardinals in a game that was tight and back and forth. They were up 14-0 on the Saints. Five yep. minutes into the football game. And ultimately lost that game as well. And were losing by 14 going into halftime. I don't understand how this team is doing this. But... This is Doing what which part with, of it, though, Kev? Getting correct, up in lead actually, or blowing correct. them? Which yes, part of it, one, Kev? What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? It slightly reminds me of Atlanta. Atlanta kept hanging around, taking leads, blowing leads. Monday night football against the Packers. And hmm. to my disgust and ultimate demise, I went, you know what? This is the game that they can put together a full performance. Maybe even win the football game. And it went the other way. The dam broke. They were down the whole way, and they could never catch up. For the Lions, can they put together a complete performance, win a game, maybe even comfortably? Or does Matt Patricia off a of bye really mean anything to anybody? They're traveling and... Gardner Minshew goes Gardner Minshew. I, I will say the Jags have some key defensive players banged up. In fact, they might only have two key defensive players, and they're both banged up in Miles Jack and Josh Allen. But, yeah, there's 0% chance you get me to lay points with Matt Patricia on the road. That's the thing. If I had to take one way or the other, I might, in fact, just take the home dog because I'm getting three and the hook and you mentioned Minshew mania right maybe they can come on back and just fall short right or that kind of game I could see it as the kind of game where Minshew has the ball at the end you know down like 1914 or something like that right yeah. um, this could be ugly you drew some comparisons of the Lions to the Atlanta Falcons and I think that's valid I think there's a lot of analogous situations there again also in terms of that coach quarterback 
you know, combo and what might be there in, you know, a year or two. But I digress. we got other games to discuss. Minshew, we talked also about Chark maybe back in that one. Galladay has returned from that one. I want to see about Adrian Peterson, who also had an illness um, this week. So we'll see what happens with the uh, kind of combo of Kerryon Johnson and the kid DeAndre Swift, another team that, you know, maybe ready, willing, and able to wait for the end of the season are both the teams facing off in the NFC East this week when the Washington football team comes to New York to take on the Giants. You talk about what these teams would be on a neutral field, and it looks like they're pretty much even on a neutral field because the Giants are at home and they're getting two and a half points. Kyle Allen will be back as the starter for the Washington football team. This Giants offense that was able to get into the 30s for the first time against the Dallas Cowboys defense will they be able to replicate that and go above their team total kev against the washington football team i'm sure you want that one back um here's the thing with washington remember week one when i said i wish they were playing anybody other than philly it turns out it was an absolute blessing for me because i got to watch them go down 17 nothing ultimately come back And then the whole world, who had no inclination of ever saying anything positive about Washington, fully swung. This is the best defense in the division. Chase Young has completely morphed this team. They haven't, forget win a game, they haven't covered a game since they beat the Eagles. They have given up 30-plus in every single one of those games. I remember having a conversation with our guy, Chris Ventra. And he was like, oh, come on, give Washington credit. I'm like, listen, I was the first person that ever gave him credit. I'm off. Everybody's lost their mind. He goes, no, but you had a good take. Stick with it. I go, no, the take is wrong. This team is terrible. And guess what? They are terrible the giants at least they've hung around that game against pittsburgh was considered was was close for a while the bears was a four-point game they had the ball with a chance to win niners housed them okay niners playing at home in the meadowlands and then the rams game was close and they could have very well beat dallas and i'm laying under a field goal at home no problem here i like the g-men All right, fair enough. How will the G-Men score? Because last week it was because the Dallas Cowboys defense was so bad, right? Like Chase Young is back. Um, How how will the Giants score? I still fundamentally, Kevin, you know this, I do not believe in the Giants offense. I do not believe in Darius Slayton and and, and Devontae Freeman as your two best like skill position players. I guess you can consider Evan Ingram there as well. This offensive line is still blunt guts trash. Danny Dimes is still liable to make whatever mistakes the defense forces him into. How will they get the job done offensively in this one by playing the washington football team okay the same way that they played the dallas cowboys last week okay i mean all right let's put it like this how much if at all worse do you think the dallas defense is compared to washington i do i think it's worse because we have talked about the front seven for washington i i think it's worse yes because 
my thing is the number that you and I had our gentleman's bet on, I've yeah, got, yeah, I think yeah. was 22 and a half, right? I believe so, yes. It's the same number the Giants have except they're home. Like, I mean, what are we doing here? Like, do you think that's another under? Do you like under in this game? I don't, oh, you love under. In well, this, this total is a lot lower. East Rock fight. This total is a lot lower than the Giants Cowboys game was last week because the offense yeah, on is. the other side as well. Absolutely. So let me let me just hear the question in a different way. Not vis-a-vis the team total, blah, blah, blah. In a vacuum, how are the Giants going to score? Yeah, I mean. Darius Slayton is up in the air, right? But if Slayton okay. plays, Slayton's been really good. Evan Ingram okay. can produce. Devonta Freeman's been fine. They're going to by, by playing Washington. It's the same way they scored last week by playing Dallas. Like the the question, <laughs> okay. right. like is if I guess question, defensive scores are live also, right? I guess. Well, I guess listen, Kyle yeah, Allen. Sure. Hey, one hundred percent. Yes, they're live. No, I'm, I'm not being silly. They're, yeah, seriously. Like, and I will say that, like, it's similar to that, like. I would play this game over 42 and a half because when it's Daniel Jones like trips on his own feet and fumbles and the ball and it's a scoop and score like that's what I'll make this I'll make this analogy Denver New York Thursday night football right the right. one thing as you and I kept talking about that game right I was mm-hmm. like this old but it was 39 and a half there's 57 points in the game cuz you know what's worse than two bad offenses Two garbage defenses. 42 and a half just might be a gift. All right, fair enough. And if that's a gift, how do you view the 47 and a half that the Jets and Dolphins may have to go over? Um, Listen, we've talked about it. Everyone knows who watches this show. Yes, I am a Jets fan. Everyone knows that Lev Bell was considering the Dolphins not only because of South Beach, but because they were on the Jets' schedule still twice. Uh, This Dolphins team is now off a impressive performance against a 49ers team that we don't fully know what that 49ers team is. But then that 49ers team dump trucked this Jets team and that the good old law of syllogism, if A, then B, and if B, then C, that means if A, then C, what does that mean about the Miami Dolphins seeing the New York Jets here? Kev, the Dolphins are almost double-digit favorites against this version of the Jets. So I'm struggling with this game. During our roster resets, I can't remember if you were as well, but I know I was excited about this Miami team. I think you were too. I, thought, I think we thought that this, this group had improved, and um, we felt that you know, Brian Flores might be able to do a nice job. So I remember that. The Jets, are as, the Jets were literally the worst team in football, like with such a, like, oh, my God. I mean, they're so bad. Like, they're so, so awful. It's out of this world how bad this team is. You really can't stress it enough. But. Last week, I tried to bench Fitz, right? Fitz did what he always does. He threw touchdown after touchdown and looked incredible. So now we're expecting Fitz to throw touchdown after touchdown and look incredible. I think if history is to tell us anything, he's going to throw a bunch of picks in this game. And the Jets might hang around. I might be crazy, 
ultimately, there's no way I'll ever bet on the Jets. But I, oh God, I don't even want to have to say this out loud because I have to live. I think I would just take the nine and a half. I think. By the way, I think your your mic could be muted for when you come back in, so I'll give you that fair warning. But I'll just say, taking the Jets in any. I was thinking this last week, and then Arizona beat them thirty to ten in New yeah. York. Yeah. Like, does anyone care about the fact, Dane? Is this number any different if Darnold's the quarterback? No, no, it is not. Like this is all. This is also no. It is not. Not in my point. You're right. It is depressing. Okay, so let's get off of this. One thing I do want to say from a fantasy aspect, I think there's movement in both of these teams' running back rooms that. I think we might have just lost Dane there, so I'll pick up the pieces. I will say this from the running back room. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell is gone. So Frank Gore becomes your starter. Starting backs, no matter what, always valuable. Like We just left the Giants in the Washington game, and obviously Devonta Freeman has shown he's got some value. So Frank Gore might have some value in that regard. As far as the Dolphins room, which is probably what Dane was more interested in, Miles Gaskin is starting to establish himself more and more. But is Jordan Howard really going to go to the wayside? Is Matt Breda not going to be able to hang around? I'll tell you this for DFS players out there, that Miles Gaskin on the, at FanDuel at 5,700 up against this Jets team is hard not to be drawn towards because if they're up the whole game like the spread suggests and he's a pass catching back it could be a nice play and then of course that you know lends itself to the props market as well all right we hit a break we come back we wrap up the early line next SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome right back. Time to close it out here on the early line. Uh, It's been a fun two hours on a football Friday. Uh, And the only other game that was slated for Sunday that Dane and I have not hit is Colts-Bengals. That's where we began our show. Breaking news that the Colts were closing down their facility as they had a positive test and needed to complete more rounds of testing to really figure out just how uh, serious the situation was. Could this be an outbreak? Or could they be able to play on Sunday, a la what we saw play out seemingly for the Falcons? Diana Rossini provided an update, so I'll give you guys that, uh, saying that she communicated with sources in Indy as well as the league, uh, and her sense is the Colts are being very measured and conservative by closing their facility today, and she's told that the game is still on for this weekend before that game was taken off the board yeah the colts laying eight points off of a loss the Bengals catching eight coming off a performance dane where they kicked a field goal at the gun to avoid a shutout Uh, a real ugly performance for joe burrow and it might not get much easier going up against this colts defense off a loss on the road 
Yeah, absolutely. Assume this game does, in fact, go down. You know, I'll be looking at the Indianapolis Colts side, right? They were just in the game of the week last week against the Browns. So the question is, can they get back on their winning ways? I think there's still a lot more in front of the Colts for this season. But the overarching point and the reason we led the show with this and are ending the show with this is because it speaks to the fact, Kev, that like we got to wait to the 11th hour, right? I mean, we're going to get updates on testing tomorrow from the Colts. Tomorrow from the Falcons as well, right? So keep your eye peeled and keep yourself on the grid for all the latest information as we head into week six. And honestly, this is the new normal, right? We Nothing is really going off until we know it is going off. It can happen at any time, but that's why you stay on the grid. So do it and keep it locked all day long. After us is the morning after, then FST. You got coast-to-coast game time decisions, and of course, in-game live, following it all. And then next week, Kev, we'll be back. Hopefully the puzzle pieces remain stable, and we will have a World Series to discuss next week as well. I'm excited. You're excited. I'm sure we all are. But for now, keep an eye out on this news and follow it all day. The morning after is up next on Sportsman. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.